I knew my parents were going to miss me the six months I was away. Were they disappointed in me? Sure. Did they think I would burn in hell as a sinner? <laughs> no. They were beyond cool parents. They just put too much stock in Gramps' opinion. They must have really wanted to teach me a lesson, though, because the program wasn't free. In exchange for my suffering, Youth of America Help a Nation would be $20,000 richer. That's a quote from New Beginnings by Janet Olson. This is YA Book Chat, and I'm your host, Leah Stuhler. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of YA Book Chat. Thank you for being here and for listening. I am very excited today to bring you um, a very special book. This is a new book for me. It's called New Beginnings, and it's written by Janet Olson. And it's a really great story, and I am excited to bring this to you today. And not only that, we are speaking with the author herself today. Um, so I just wanted to welcome her. Welcome to the podcast, Janet. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, Melissa De La Cruz was on your show. How do you, how do you get better than that? <laughs> well, thank you. I was very, very fortunate to be able to have her on my show. Um, but I, I love having authors of all caliber on my show. So I'm very excited to have you here as well. Why don't you um, tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Janet, and I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I have a nine-year-old son. And I work for a financial group right now and then just sort of write on my, on my available time, I guess. Not too interesting. No, no, that's great. My um, oldest son is nine and he's about to be turning 10 soon. Uh, has your, has your son, when he turned nine, did he kind of hit this like horrid phase of like crazy emotionalness and such? Yeah, it's bad. He'll say, if it's his idea, it's fine. But if you agree with him, I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? That, that works. Yeah, we can do that. No, I don't want to. And he'll totally just change his mind. I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. Nine years old is uh, not a phase I was expecting, but it's definitely something. So <laughs> it's an adventure. <laughs> um, speaking of adventures, this book has quite an adventure in it for the main character. She goes through a lot. So I'm just going to give everybody um, a brief plot overview. And um, for all of everybody listening, just so you know, this episode is going to be like 95% spoiler free. And I promise to tell you when um, the spoilers will happen. Okay. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the plot here. So we have a young girl whose name is Ida and her best friend has passed away. And Ida is only 17 years old and the death of her friend kind of sends her into a tailspin. And on top of that, she has just discovered that she is pregnant. And being 17, she's not really happy about that. And so, you know, her parents kind of feel like she needs to work on herself. And so as a result, they send her to Africa to learn more about herself and kind of discover who she is. And, but while Ida is there and she kind of hates the fact that she has to go, what she discovers is that it's going to be a life-changing experience that she never forgets. Um, 
I, and this is, you guys, this is really a truly amazing story. I really enjoyed it. Um, so Janet, I got to tell you, when I first started reading this and I read, you know, just that idea of how she gets sent away, the first thing that I thought of was um, how like there was an episode on Downton Abbey, this happened, but then also it happens, you know, just something I've heard about happening like in olden days when, you know, a woman got pregnant out of wedlock and her family didn't want to be disgraced. So they would like send her overseas for her to have the baby. And then maybe she'd give the baby up for adoption and then she'd come back and everything would be fine. And nobody would know, you know, kind of like this whole, um, so where did, did you, where did you get the idea for, for your book? Did it kind of come from knowledge of that or just kind of from somewhere else? Well, it was, a dream and it was probably I don't know how long dreams last but I would like to say it was probably like 10-15 seconds I know it was a young pregnant girl she was sweeping a hut and I just somehow knew it was in Africa and then um she just she like came across a rat or something when she was (laughs) sweeping and she squealed and then um this guy comes up to her to help her out and I just knew his name was Lev and that was literally it. And then it just stuck with me because I usually don't remember my dreams at all. So then I felt like there, there's something more was there. So I just started brainstorming and came up with, why is this American girl there? She's pregnant. Like, <laughs> and she doesn't belong there. What is she doing there? And then, so this idea was born that she came from a, you know, through a, a volunteer program. I like that because, you know, I've interviewed a few different authors and, you know, they all kind of get their inspiration from different places, but I don't think I've ever had anybody tell me that they had a dream and that that inspired their book. And so I really, I think it's really cool that you did that. I like that. Can you tell me a little bit about what your writing process was like for you? Sure. At first it was just getting ideas out, like just, just brainstorming ideas and then just kind of sifting through them later to try to make a cohesive story out of it. What, um, you know, one thing that intrigued me about when I was reading your book was that you gave each of the chapters a title instead of like, you know, just numbering them. What made you decide to do that? And actually, was that difficult? Because I feel like for me, I would probably cop out and not do that at all. Like I would probably just be like chapter one. <laughs> what made you um, decide to, to give them each a title? I think it was just a way for me to kind of keep everything separated. So, you know, just going back in and, and kind of working, working on the story. Cause again, I don't, I don't have, I don't do like storyboards or anything. I just get it out. So just kind of having those titles on there helped me just keep it in track in my mind about what was, what was happening in those, in those chapters. Um, Why I decided to keep them in, I guess I, don't know. I mean, after it was done, I probably could have changed it back around to just one and two, but I don't, I don't know why I didn't, I guess. I like it though. I thought it was a really fun addition to the story. You know, it kind of gives it um, just something a little bit extra. What do you you feel like was the most difficult part of writing the book? Oh, definitely the, definitely anything that had to do with the scenes in Africa, which is a lot because I've, I've never been there. I've never been out of the U.S. So um, it was a lot of Googling and um, I relied a lot on my editor because she, 
is a she's a big world traveler mm. so she helped me to uh you know open up about certain things um but yeah some of the reasons I kind of said it in the future too is because I didn't since I didn't have a lot of knowledge of the area and even though it's fiction I didn't want anybody to read it and be like oh my god that's so far off the mark and be like well hey it's 2037 so how do you know <laughs> right <laughs> But I, um, I felt like though it, it, to me, it definitely felt like Africa, you know, like when I was reading it, I definitely got that feel and I could picture in my mind, like the truck and the back roads and the animals and the huts and everything. So it really has a great feel. I'm very impressed that you did that without really ever having been there. <laughs> I don't know that I could do that very well. Yeah, that was definitely the most uh, challenging is to try to make because all about you know reading is all about transporting, and so I'm glad that 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 came across because that's what a book is supposed to be about. Yeah, exactly. What was your favorite part about writing the book? Um, probably Ida and Hingen's relationship, because um, they really they when I first wrote it, that's all they were was friends. Like mm-hmm. it was just it was a friendship. So then just that relationship um, building and their friendship, how that is the focus for me anyway. Yeah. And I was actually going to have us talk a little bit about that too, about their relationship, because, um, you know, we kind of have this age old question that pops up of, you know, do you really believe that a guy and a girl can be friends truly be friends without either one of them having an interest in the other one. Um, and that's definitely a really big theme in the book. Do you, is this something that you've ever experienced? Like, have you ever had an actual like real guy girl relationship where there was nothing else? Yes, I have. Well, I have two friends, um, two guy friends. That's, that's all it is, um, is just friendship. And and that's what this was supposed to be. But then um, Ingen had other ideas. So <laughs> and I got in my head. I, I know what you're saying, though. And I really wanted it to be that way to kind of prove that point mm-hmm. that it is possible. But didn't work out that way. <laughs> Ingen just had other ideas. He wanted to have a different story told. I think he just kind of took over there. <laughs> he did. And he is the reason there's a part two, because he would not stand for my ending that I had. Yes, um, I did notice that. I I thought, oh boy, he's he's not letting this happen here. <laughs> but I, it's something. This you know that type of relationship is something that I find interesting because I know when I was growing up, you know, as a teenager, I went to a very small uh, private Christian school growing up, and so there was a boy who I was in the same class with, the same school from first grade through high school. And then we even ended up going to the same college together, which was kind of crazy. And, you know, I remember being in like middle school and high school and people would say to, uh, you know, would say to me, some of my girlfriends would say, well, don't you, you know, you guys have, are such good friends, you know, is there anything more there? Don't you want to like date him or anything? And I'd always be like, no, that's ridiculous. He's like my brother, you know? And then people would say to me, well, a guy and a girl can't just be friends. And I was like, yeah, yeah, they can. (laughs) And, you know, neither one of us ever had any intentions of it being anything more. Uh, Engine clearly had 
some other ideas here, but <laughs> I did really like the strong bond that they have in this book. I think it's such an amazing relationship, but I liked how to the woman, it was the woman at the, the woman who lives where in the place where Nev's mom works, you know, she's kind of like can see the future. And she says to them that they're like, they have such a love and a relationship that like shouldn't exist for people their age. And that's just kind of, I don't know. It was kind of crazy. Like I've never read another relationship like this where they were so connected. Right. And I think that all comes, I think I have a, a lot to thank for the fact that it was totally written as them just being friends first. Mm-hmm. And then I was probably about halfway through the third book before it totally changed. Um, and I basically had to go back in and, and rewrite everything. Wow. Um, there was always a, there was always a specific plan for her and then yeah, everything totally, totally changed. And so I don't know if they probably wouldn't have had that, that deep of a bond if it wasn't, you know, written as just friends first, I think. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And another thing that I really liked about this book too, was that the, like, even with Ida and Nev, because she's kind of, she's kind of like stuck in between these two boys and she doesn't really know what to do. And I feel like that is such a typical situation for a teenager, you know? So let me ask you this. So your son is nine, you said. So was it difficult for you to write a teenage relationship or, you know, do you have kind of like influence from other areas of your life, maybe family or whatnot that kind of helped you with writing them as teenagers? It, it wasn't too hard. Um, the thing with, it was really hard, I guess, for Ida, just because not only does she have her normal teenage hormones going on, she's pregnant. She's in a foreign country, so her mind is just pure chaos. So, I mean, it was a little tough, but um, I read a lot of, um, I read a lot of like YA too, so I kind of have some idea of, you know, the, the teenage, the teenage mind, not that I wanted to mold them after anyone in particular or anything, but I just, it came pretty natural. That's good. That's great. Yeah. I mean, clearly all I read is YA. So, you know, (laughs) I love it, but it is so good. It is so good. I, um, I actually just started a new job. I'm well, by the time this airs, it'll be, have been in it for a few months. Um, but I'm working as a middle school theater teacher and I've already spent like entirely like too much time talking with like both the librarians and the language arts teacher. Like we've just had these amazing conversations about young adult books and how great they are. And it's just so fun. And what I love too, is that, you know, like your book is, they're also unique from each other. You know, your book, the relationships that are, are really unique from any other ones that I've read. I admire authors like you who are able to write like that. Like for me, and you know, it's been a very long time since I was a teenager. <laughs> it would be very difficult for me right. to write anything like that. So. <laughs> 
So I do have a couple of questions that are going to have some spoilers in them. Um, so for my listeners, if you haven't read this yet and you don't want to hear any spoilers, you may want to um, fast forward maybe like three to five minutes, three-ish minutes, because I have two questions for her with spoilers. Um, but if you don't mind, then go ahead and keep listening. Um, and I say fast forward because I am going to ask yeah. Janet some other questions after these two as well. So you don't want to miss that. All right. Spoiler question number one. <laughs> so in the story, Ida and Janelle, her best friend, would kind of pretend to be each other and think is each other. And so that's what ends up leading Ida to sleep with Dan and get pregnant. And I felt like this was a really interesting idea and concept. So how, how did you kind of come up with that idea of them like pretending to be each other and think is each other? Is it something that um, maybe when you were younger, you and your friend did, or was it inspired by something else? It was only inspired by the fact that I couldn't find another way to get her pregnant ah. <laughs> because, she, because she's not, that's not like the, aside from, you know, her relationship with, with Ing and, and since that wasn't going to happen and since that was on pause and um, mm. just like with her emotions, with Janelle's passing, I, there was nothing else that there's no other way I could get her pregnant like I had her dating Dan for a while but then that did not work out so I was like well how can I how can I do this because that's the part of the story that you know dream or whatever is she's pregnant that's the point of her going right um that's just how it, it just was kind of it just kind of came from that like Janelle had a crush on Dan so it just kind of worked itself out into that <laughs> how they just kind of wanted to be each other and then it also worked out, you know, with Ida having siblings, mm -hmm. Janelle being an old child, just kind of had what the other wanted. Um, you know, Dan liked Ida, Janelle wanted Dan. So there, there were all these reasons for them to kind of want to be the right that only child. That sounds fabulous. So there, it just kind of came from that, like each having attributes that the other wanted, I guess. And that makes sense because, you know, I mean, a lot of times just thinking back to when I was a teenager, um, you know, there were always like girls who I was jealous of who had things that I didn't or who got to date, you know, the cute guy or like, you know, you have this like girl code that if your best friend likes this, if you both like him, you know, but she said something first, then you kind of back off and let her do it. So, um, you know, it is, it is sweet. It's nice. And I like how it shows the closeness of their relationship. Cause I feel, and I feel like that really helped, um, kind of show why another reason why, you know, Janelle's death affected her so much too. Okay. So I have one more spoiler question. So we have spoiler question number two. And this is just, this is just me playing devil's advocate here. Okay. Um, what would you say to someone who might say that they didn't necessarily like Ida or like what she was doing because it's almost like she was kind of toying with both Nev and Engen because she was almost kind of leading them on at the same time because Engen, like he's always touching her and telling her how he feels, but she doesn't turn him away, <laughs> even though she's like with Nev and 
sharing her feelings with him. So just kind of playing devil's advocate. How would you react, you know, to somebody who said that, oh, I just, you know, she's just a tease. Right. I was, I mean, that's really not how it was, how it was supposed to be. And I get how, why people think that. Um, but just knowing she's known him since she was four and like mm-hmm. they've been through so much and they, you know, almost had a sexual relationship. They've, you know, worked together a lot, um, you know, romantically, they never had sex, but they, they were still very physical with each other. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's, she's just so comfortable with him and, and, I don't know. I mean, I would say I'm sorry. I I don't. I want her to be liked. She it wasn't her intention to be toying with them, especially um, Ingen, because she was kind of. She did close herself off to him after mm-hmm. you know the the incident that happened. She's like, well, it's she couldn't forgive him. So, right. but she's still. They still have that connection with being knowing each other forever, and they're like rich, like sort of physical history with each other that just for some reason didn't make sense for her to chastise him for touching her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I can, and I can totally understand. I was just, you know, kind of playing the opposite side with this question, but I can completely understand it from Ida's perspective saying, because when I was in college, um, I had a guy who as soon as he and I met, like we hit it off right away and became very close friends. And, um, but we did, you know, we became very close. And so sometimes, um, we would hold hands or whatever, you know, and physically be physically together. We never slept together. Um, you know, we never had sex, but we, but we would have, we did have a little bit of a, you know, physical connection too, because we were such good friends and we're so close. So I can kind of um, see where Ida is coming from on her side here with Engen and relate to her in a little bit in that. So I'm on your side about this, but you know, always got to kind of play the other side too. <laughs> and I mean, it sort of has something to do with them being soulmates in a way. Like if she touches, mm-hmm. puts her hand on his chest, you know, just above his heart or something. It's because she's, it's like, she's touching her own soul in a way because there's, they kind of feel like the other owns the other soul. If that makes Mm. sense. They're like a soul bearer for the other one. So I don't know, just like her reaching out and, and touching him is just kind of, I don't know, just a (laughs) connection, I guess saying hello to her soul that he's hanging on to. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that. I like that description of it, you know, with them having that like soul connection. As Anne Shirley would say, they're bosom buddies. <laughs> yes. They're bosom buddies, they're kindred spirits, they're all of that. All of that. <laughs> I'm actually drinking out of Anna Green Gable's mug right now. <gasps> Are you seriously? <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge fan. that is hilarious okay I have to ask you this did you ever did you watch the original Anne of Green Gables movies with Megan Fellows oh my god the only they're the only ones they're right so perfect I agree with you my husband watched them I those are those are perfect those movies are absolutely perfect and I love them (laughs) I may need to I, I am going to um 
do a Patreon account. And I've actually seriously been considering doing like an Anne of Green Gables episode, bonus episode for my Patreon, my patrons, because it's just fantastic. And when I was growing up, that was our young adult. So <laughs> why not? Exactly. Her getting her into all her scrapes. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> and her and Gilbert. That's like the ultimate young adult love story there. I mean, come on. <laughs> Definitely is. <laughs> so getting back to your story, at the end of the story, you know, Ida has to make a decision. And so obviously this is going to lead us into the second book because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, but we don't as a reader without giving anything away because I obviously don't want to spoil a book that has not even been published yet. Can you kind of give us a little bit of a hint of what book two might entail? Like if we're going to go back to Africa again, are we going to see the same characters? Okay, so uh, I will say that she is on both continents in the second one. So she is, she will be in Africa at one point and she will be in the U S at one point. Okay. Good to know that that helps me a little bit. (laughs) I'm excited to find out when do you think book two will be out? I am shooting for February. Um, It just went to the editor last week. So I think it's, um, hopefully depending on how well it goes with her, I would like it to be out by February. Okay, great. That'll be really good. Something to look forward to for one of those dreary winter months. <laughs> yeah. Well, where can everybody follow you on social media and where can they buy new beginnings? So I am mostly on Instagram under Janet Olson author and the book is only available on Amazon right now. It's on Kindle Unlimited. So if you have that, you can read it for free. Um, otherwise, it's on Kindle um, for $3.99 and then paperback for $13.99. Okay. And I will put a link um, in my show notes to Janet's social media and to Amazon for the book so you guys can check that out. Because I want to make sure you all have this fabulous book available to you. Well, Janet, um, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. This was very exciting. It was very fun. I'm glad that I got to have you be on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It really is an honor. You're welcome. And I am very excited to read book number two. And for all of you listening, you guys need to go out and check out New Beginnings. And then, you know, in February, read the sequel. Can you tell us what the sequel is going to be called? That I'm still working on right now, and it's just <laughs> New Beginnings Part 2. Okay. So I'm trying to get some feedback from other people, too, if they have any sort of ideas, like some other beta readers, and see if they can help me out with this. All right. Well, we will keep our eyes out on your Instagram account for any updates on that. All right. Well, thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will chat again soon. Today's podcast featured the book New Beginnings by Janet Olson. Be sure to follow YA Book Chat on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe so you get your episodes as soon as they're available. And if you could, hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It really helps a lot. YA Book Chat was created, is hosted, and edited by me, Leah Stuhler. 